0: bringing you backstage and behind the scenes with the stars and creators of the hottest musicals on Broadway, off-Broadway, and on screens this holiday season. I'm your host, Gordon Cox. On this episode of StageCraft, I'm talking to Tom Hooper. Not only is he the Oscar-winning director of The King's Speech, but he's also been at the helm of not one, but two major movie adaptations of some of the biggest titles in musical theater. First, Les Miserables, the 2012 film version of the mega-musical that won three Oscars, including one for Anne Hathaway's performance as Fontaine. And now, Cats, the great big movie musical based on Andrew Lloyd Webber's international smash. How on earth do you make a movie of Cats? Hooper is in the studio with me to tell us. Hi, Tom. Thanks for joining me. Hi, Gordon. Thanks for having me. I am talking to you the morning after <laughs> uh, your premiere last night. How was it for you? Um,
1: it was amazing, but it, but it really was a premiere in the sense that, uh, you know, we were sitting there watching the final version of the film for the first time. Yeah. No one else could have seen it because I finished it on Sunday at 8 in the morning <laughs> after a final 36-hour in a row uh, uh, s- sort of sprint to the finish line. Um, so it was it was... It was fabulous, but also there was about 10 minutes in, I was like, oh, wow, I am just really watching my film play for the first time <laughs> at the world premiere, which just kind of struck me as kind of quite a punchy move. But, um, <laughs> the, 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 uh, the, you know, it was, it, the, the fabulous thing for me about it was it was, it, it was the kind of response you could only get with an audience in in in, 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 a, in a true cinematic setting, and in that in the, the, there was, you know, a, a really grat- amazing applause at great moments, like in the middle. I mean, in the middle of Jennifer Hudson's song. I you were there. You sure? It, yes, and, we all cheered. Um, obviously, that's <laughs> when goes out onto you know onto the bridge, and, um, and, and 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 the very first funny thing that happens when Robert Wilson yawns and covers her mouth you know the whole audience laughed so I kind of started to relax at that moment right
0: yeah yeah and how many had you seen how many audiences have you seen
1: the film in any version with um, by that point well no that's my point it's not I mean not, yeah, yeah. We, ha- we hadn't tested it because he came to test it in the version before we'd done the visual effects right I just thought well it, you know whatever we learned from it may not Right. When, may not be you know sort of relevant lessons. So um, uh, yeah, it was only re- it was only really within very small groups within the people I was working with. It. Right. So, so it was very exciting to try, to try it out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in, in a sense,
0: your first test audience was the audience for that trailer that went out. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and what. That obviously caused a big stir online on both sides because cats is a thing that people have strong opinions about. What did you take away from that? And
1: I mean, I was totally taken aback by the level of reaction. I mean, to to, to become the number one tr- tr- trending Twitter topic in the world for you know quite a few hours, maybe even over twenty four hours. Yeah, seemed. Totally <laughs> absurd to me. I mean, <laughs> we were on the front cover of the the Guardian newspaper in the UK. I mean, when does a trailer ever get the front cover? Um, right. Uh, so, uh, and I think, you know, and, and I think some of the response was kind of so extreme. It was, it was clearly people having fun with it and then fun with the meme. So some of it was quite entertaining. I mean, I think, I think if I took anything from it, the the, the fact that there was any, you know, any sort of References to it being sort of making anyone feel uneasy was definitely not my intention. So, when, right. when I, even if people were expressing that in highly exaggerated or slightly comedic ways, right. Right. I, 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 I th- that I did think about. And I went right back to the beginning of what my intention had been with the visual effects and, and, and so checked the trailer against that. And, and, and really, the, 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 the original idea was to use this technology to be able to. Uh, apply fur and make feline the actual face of the actor and the actual body of the actor and it was sort of in support of the original performance and and when I did a kind of analysis of the trailer afterwards I I felt that what had happened is that the actor's faces had got a little too lost in in the kind of CGI fur and that had become too dominant and and actually what the trailer reaction did was take me back to to clarifying my original intention, and right. that the trailer wasn't quite representing that. And so the work over the summer was was a lot of redesign to pair the fur back to to reveal the face. Right. Uh, because I mean, I suppose if I have a if I have a gift as a director, it's you know maybe it's capturing lightning in a bottle with you know, with with certain when well, I'm lucky enough to work with great actors and and. If you've caught the lightning in a bottle with Ian McKellen or Judy Dench, you, you know the, the, why on earth would you want to? You, you don't know, want to get covered well? way with, yeah, So, yeah, so, yeah. So, uh-huh. so, 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 and you know, you've got to remember that the, we'd finished shooting the end of March. The trailer had to be ready by June, so you know it was it, right. it was almost 100 shots. So it was a very it was a very it was a very punchy thing. It was very early to put to put out that much material, so it was really a work in progress. Um, yeah. So I think so I think the good thing was it, it, it refocused really me on what I wanted the film to be. And um, I think actually the the kind of best, well, there were many aspects about it last night that were really exciting, but one of the best for me was coming out. People were generally talking about the emotion they felt about how they cried at Jennifer Hudson or some people cried right. at Ian McKenzie and Gus the cat, or They talked about the sense of magic or or the beauty of the world or people were kinda of going, Oh my god, what kind of dreams do you have if you if you if you think in if you imagine worlds in this way and and, and it wasn't really no one talking about the visual effects. You right. know, so, so so that that, that was to me a sign that that the that they were they had become they were in harness to the vision rather than dominating, which was kind of always what I wanted. Yeah.
0: You have a very long history with cats. Yes,
1: I do. <laughs> uh, tell us about when you first uh, encountered it. Well, in fact, right. I mean, I only found this out recently. Talked to my sister Rachel, who, who like like me, fell in love with what she wanted to do in the world young, and she knew she wanted to be a radio journalist. I mean, she wanted to work in this oh, yeah. medium of of, uh, of audio, and in fact, she's a parliamentary correspondent and has mm-hmm. been for many years at the BBC. And um, and she and she had this she had this uh, on Capital Radio, she had this chance to, as like a kid reviewer, like a twelve-year-old, ten-year-old, twelve-year-old reviewer, to go and review um, shows for Capital Radio and, and and do a and kind of give a kid's eye view. Um, and and she had been sent by Capital Radio to review Cats and came home and said it's fabulous. And so as a result, mum and dad took all of us, and I fell in love with it. And I was I think eight eight years old, um, and I was, uh, um, you know, I have such vivid memories of that. Um, of that evening in the theatre and the impact it had on me and um, and we then bought the audio cassette which we listened to practically wore out, I mean every car trip anywhere we listened to cats right. so the songs are deeply ingrained in me and you know it, it, in many ways I'm, I'm, this whole thing is about honouring that 8 year old's experience and trusting in that 8 year old's experience and, and if, I, I think if I could go back in a time machine and visit my eight-year-old self and say, one day you're going to direct this as a movie, I would have been completely blown away. And it, and it was a great example of how dreams can come true that you couldn't possibly realise could be dreams at the time. I mean, I didn't sit there going, "Wow, well, I'd like, you know, one day I would like to do this as a movie. It would have been absurd. But but what's interesting is how how vivid my recall is. And for example, you know, there were, there was a, you know, there was a debate internally about whether to keep moments of happiness, which is Judy singing a little section from the Four Quartets, which is probably the the only bit of adult poetry in... in, of Eliot's poetry in in the piece. And I I remember being affected by Brian Blessed singing Moments of Happiness, even Mm. though I didn't fully understand it, and I I remember specifically the sense that I didn't feel that the show was talking down to me as a child. I felt like I was being taken seriously almost like as an, as an adult and it wasn't talking down to me and it wasn't a kid show and I and I felt a great sense of being allowed to be initiated into a slightly more adult world through Cats and so when I was defending it I could specifically remember well those words affected me at eight so you know because the easy thing would be to go well an eight-year-old wouldn't understand it and, 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 and there were many things like that where I had a, a vivid enough recall that I could I could sort of Almost like that eight-year-old Tom was like was the kind of toughest critic on me because mm. I always I kept going. Well, it has to work for an eight-year-old Tom, right? You know, because that's why I fell in love with him.
0: And what do you have a sense of? What is it about it that you were? Can you characterize sort of in a broad sense what you were fighting? What were you were like making sure translated onto the screen that you
1: remember reacting to so vividly back then? I think. Um, I certainly, you know, I think that this sense of being initiated into a community as a kind of special guest, a community that really didn't much care for humans and and you know wouldn't normally let you in, um, and that and that, and that I thought Trevor Nunn and Andrew created a very brilliantly a sense of going through a portal into a, into a strange world, which rapidly became a world where you were you know at home and made friends with the characters um but but that way they use sort of disorientation at the beginning to create permission for their character designs and their and their right. way that' we viewed cats and in, and in some ways um you know the film the film does a version of of sort of you know letting you into the world before you realizing they they're actually quite a fun funny tribe of cats right yeah and do you
0: did you think about? Full on. I mean, it sounds like you did a little bit yeah. because you thought about uh, the idea of like over, over computer generating somebody's face. You know, over com- yeah. d- you know, digital furring somebody's face. But did you was full on animation ever on the table? And if if it ever was, why did you decide not um, to? And
1: I mean, it's a good question. I mean, so so spec- I mean, the, the journey as an adult began at the end of late Mis in uh, I think two thousand twelve, when I was walking through Soho. I suddenly thought, oh, you know, it'd be so sad if I never did another musical again. But Les Mis was my first, and I've learned yeah. so much about how. I, how... Are, are you a musical theater guy?
0: Well, like um, after Cats, did you go on to be a musical theater? Well, funny fan, enough, or... my,
1: my my first break as an actor at school ah. was in was in two musicals: The Beggar's Opera mm-hmm. um, and then Patience by Gilbert Sullivan, and and wow. that's where I fell in love with acting. And I was 10, sort 11, of ten, eleven, twelve, and. And so I started, you know, I started in musical theatre, I suppose you could say. I mean, equally, I realized by the age of 12 that I wasn't getting the lead roles, so I probably shouldn't pursue the dream of being an actor. And I was was a weirdly tough 12-year-old who said, (laughs) you've got to let that dream die now because otherwise you'll waste years of your life trying to be an actor when you're not good enough. So I was quite quite kind of clinical about that kind of thing. But, um, um, yeah, so so, I had an amazing teacher called Roger Mortimer who was... um, an ex rse actor turned English and drama teacher who 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 really inspired me with the love of theatre and drama and and I you know and I vividly rem- you know remember you know singing memory in drama class and trying to work out h- how to kind of express the imagery and there was you know a hilarious moment when I was shooting with Jennifer Hudson where I, I got a sort of incredibly strong sense of recall of standing <laughs> class yeah. doing my own version and, and having a very sort of dim well not so dim awareness that I didn't quite know how to make. The lyrics work, or right. makes sense of them. and I was trying very hard to picture all these burnt-out ends and stuff. Like that. <laughs> right. Um, right. Um, but yeah. So, uh, but, uh, but anyway, as I was walking through Soho, and, and, and I thought about, well, what would that musical be? The, the the really special thing about Les Mis had been had was that it's never been adapted for the screen before. I mean, I, I mean, as a book, Les Mis has been adapted many times, but the musical was unadapted. Right. And I thought, well, is there another iconic musical that's never been adapted? And of course, Cats, in terms of the big musicals, it's Cats was rare. Interestingly Steven Spielberg had optioned it in the mid 90s and I know he'd had a look at how to do it um, and you know clearly hadn't worked out a way that he was comfortable with proceeding um, um, and, and I thought well maybe the reason it's never been done is is because people you know couldn't work out what the cats should look like and, and maybe the, the advance of visual effects might have opened a portal or a door to a a way of doing it yeah. that might make it possible so it was really that It was really that moment where I kind of go, maybe it wasn't made because the technology wasn't there and maybe the technology's there now. But in answer to your question, I I never want to do, I mean, much as I admire um, the Jungle Book, and in fact I've worked with MPC who created the Jungle Book and the Lion King, you know, to do Cats. um, uh, I I, I somehow felt that if they were actually Cats in a photoreal sense, it, it would be really missing the point because Elliot is clearly talking about humans he knows as much as cats, he's talking about humans through a feline lens. I mean, you know, clearly McCavity is a play on Sherlock Holmes's Moriarty. Clearly Buster Jones is a play on, you know, old duffers who inhabited the gentlemen's clubs. Um, clearly Gus the theatre cat is full of, steeped with the sense of, um, you know, a human eye view on the history in, on the stage and that's why it resonates with Ian so well. So. So so, so I, th- I thought the hybridization was the point. And, and to make it either fully human or fully cat would be to kind of entirely miss the point and to, and to miss the point of Elliot's wit, I think. Yeah. And then how did you, what guided you as you made choices with, like, some
0: cats have jackets, some cats have shoes, <laughs> some cats, like, how did you, what was the sort of thought process we're, of?
1: We're, I, I mean, weirdly, you know, it was quite tormenting. <laughs> I mean it sounds crazy to say tormenting, but, but because part of me was like, well, you know should they just all have digital fur um but then I think in the end in the end, I was guided by the show because in the show it, the the characters who have songs have elements of clothing and the and the chorus didn't and and i and I thought that was an an interesting distinction and perhaps was a way of me playing homage to sort of napier's intention right. um uh through through the thing and and um and and uh and possibly it was another way of um uh, sort of treading that line between the humanity of the characters and, and 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 the cat of the characters
0: and what did when you were filming on these mm. uh, we should say very elaborate uh yeah. sets mm. with where everything is oversized. You know, scale yeah oversized what were the actors wearing
1: what what did they look like wellar i mean having having sort of said. You know, we will never do you know cats in lycra. They, what they, were lycra. they wear, were they were <laughs> lycra because you know if you're, if you're wearing, if you're dancing in in, in, a, in a sort of figure hugging suit, it's a it's the best material. Um, they, and they also needed to, you know, have you know cabling to do with their sound and their microphones. So it was a good way of doing that. And and also I wanted to them to wear something where their their body shape was incredibly clear because. Um, when you're applying fur, you you know you don't you don't want to be kind of guessing where the line of the body is you need to got right. a kind of precise reference to it right and
0: for Les is you made a very clear choice to have people singing in the room as opposed to singing to a yeah.
1: to a re- recording that they'd recorded at another mm. time did you do the same thing yeah, here yeah it's in t- all live all the time does yeah. there's there's an, there's, there's uh, pr- practically no adr in it and I'm I'm very proud of it and I think even more than lame is I felt you know because, because there was this blending of of the kind of virtual and the real I think it was even more important to me that the singing was live because mm-hmm. it, was, it grounded it in the fact that this is live performance and as it is live dance and um, what's interesting is seven years ago no I mean I couldn't do an interview without talking about live singing and and, that, and I kind of, I'm quite cheered that seven years later it's now just yeah he did it all live and, and it's sort of no big deal. And right yeah and cool. we as, as the,
0: the, the, most of the listeners will be theatre people and mm. I myself as a theatre person so appreciate seeing it it is so
1: apparent. <laughs> The difference. Yeah, uh, and, and also, difference. you know, you, you know, your wonderful audience listening now. I mean, you, you, that's what you do. You sing like, you know, right. You right. Sing like every night. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's no great mystery. So. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's what you can do. <laughs> I'll have more with Tom
0: right after the break. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. with the director of Cats, Tom Hooper. So Cats is a dance musical, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, the stage show is a dance mm-hmm. musical, and the movie I saw last night, the movie that will be released on Christmas, is definitely still a dance yeah. musical. I mean, all these people are dancers, mm. um, and even the people you don't, didn't know were dancers. Mm. Um, how do you have a philosophy about shooting dance? Because it can mm. be, you know, there's a tension between close-up and mm. pulling back. That's and,
1: such an interesting question. I mean. Um i mean one of the one of the real excitements about doing cats was to was to take on dance as a medium for the very first time and again you know like with Les Mis, I got to take on the musical form the first time and and, and I realize how lucky I am that you know my first dance experience is at, you know is on this scale because right. i mean it, you know it it's 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 very out there but um I, I always felt, you know, what Gillian Lin had done was very key to the show. She's the original choreographer, yeah. yeah. And, and, and and I and I wanted dance to be a key part of it. And, you know, the the reason I've set the film in Soho's West End of London is to me, well, you know, they're West End cats, they're theatre cats, they're entertainers. I mean that's that's what the Jellicoe gang is. Um um but I think that I think the thing that I found so thrilling about working with dancers was to discover how people who can be exceptionally talented in one field can turn out to have incredible talents in others. So, you know, Frankie Hayward, principal of the Royal Ballet, one of the top ballerinas in the world, you know, never acted on the screen before, turns out to be this, you know, utterly gifted natural screen actor with an innate sense of what where the camera is and what to do in front of the camera and how to share herself with the camera in a way that, you know, Held, she held herself with Ian McKellen and Judy Dench in front of the film camera, which is unbelievable. I mean, and improbable. And and she had that gr- the great gift of, a, of an actor, which is there is a secret part of Frankie that is only revealed when the camera's turning over. I mean, you, you know, when you meet her, you won't gain access to that side. The, 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 her best self. There's something very precious in her that's only shared in the actor performance. And the definition of a true performer is someone I think who. Who has a, a best self that can only be visible in the in the moment of creation and the moment of the camera rolling or, the st- or being on stage, and, and 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 it's a very particular type of person that where where that act of sharing only happens in those specific circumstances. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and, and Frankie sing, you know, and, yeah. so, and 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 then we have got sort of Robbie Fairchild, again, who's got a dance background.
0: Yeah, you know, uh, he, he's, Broadway audiences will know him from uh, from An American in Paris. Yeah,
1: you know, who who, who is a great singer and actor, and then. Yeah. Stephen McCrae and you know, I mean, well, he's he's even more fun because he's you know one of the best ballerinas at the Royal Ballet, a uh, bit like one of the best ballet dancers at the Royal Ballet. Plus, plus, you know, on the side, happens to be one, like arguably the best tap dancer in the world, <laughs> and yeah. and he could sing as well and right. act. Um, and then and then on the other on the other hand, you have someone Laurie Davidson who is definitely an actor. Played Mr. Yep. you know, we broke with tradition and didn't cast a dancer, but Laurie was going to bar class with. Frankie and and Robbie every morning, right. and by the end, kind of could hold himself as a dancer, and, yep. and I even got Judi Dench dancing briefly. So, <laughs> so, so. But in terms of your question about, I mean, it was, you know, how to shoot dance. Um, I don't know if I know the answer. I know, I, I know. I began a kind of conversation with myself about how to do it, and 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 what you're seeing in the film probably is m- me. Exploring how to do it, I, mean, I think the interesting thing is what what I what I just what I sort of felt is um, you know e- even if you're even if you're not from the one p- point of view of the proscenium, it's still so much about point of view. Like where you place the camera is the new proscenium, and if you place it in three different angles, effectively you're dealing with three new prosceniums, and um, and, and 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 sort of. It, it all becomes about rather than doing it to one point of view is once you've created something where's the best place to put the camera in relation to it and I and I think the thing that I really didn't expect was I, I thought I was always going to be like I just want to be in a wide shot because that's the way to film dance but you know when you've got Frankie I and mean, I think about Frankie when she's dancing on naming a cats doing her solo and I would have thought that would have just played on head to toe but you go in close and it's so mesmeric and also she's sort of she's dancing with her shoulders with her upper body with her fingers with her hands so uh, what I got excited by was that, that was that there was a way of shooting dance where the dance read through the physicality of the close-up as well as the head-to-toe shot, and that was quite exciting to discover. Uh,
0: Frankie's playing a new character uh, named Victoria, a new cat named Victoria, who is uh, part of a kind of bolstered up, um, like the there is more of a plot to this cats yeah. than the cats that you. was on stage. <laughs> I, <tried. laughs> I, mean, I mean the bar was low, let's be honest. But... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um Come on, Gordon. But no, I know, we love cats. Yeah. But you know, there's it's like loose it's a loosely yeah. sort of hung together yeah, show, no, right? Yeah. And this this is like you I feel like you and your co writers have worked mm-hmm. harder mm-hmm. to kind
1: of thread it together yeah, stronger yeah. and give it up. how yeah. did you think about that? Yeah, I what think the biggest change I mean Lee Hall who's been a wonderful um Lee, and I wrote the script and we had this intensive period sitting in Covent Garden uh, about three years ago for three weeks doing the first draft of the script together and literally going out the door and walking Covent Garden Soho and saying well what if it was here, what if it was there. And and I think the first challenge we faced was that in the show the cats mainly sing out to the audience and explain themselves straight out. And obviously you can't have a movie where every number there's, you know singing to camera. Um, uh, and there is this 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 character called Victoria the White Cat who does what's called the White Cat solo in the in, in the musical who's 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 a, a smaller presence but it it set Lee and I thinking about whether there was a role for a, a newcomer an ingenue who was going to be our eyes and ears who was going to sort of stumble into this community of Jellicles and go on this journey of discovery um, and 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 then we came up with the idea of you know that of Victoria being sort of rather. Uh, neglectfully ab- abandoned at the top of the film and coming out of you know in a wasteland like in like the junk out of the show and coming out of all like Elliot's wasteland coming out of the the sack and and being in a scary situation and meeting the genitals the first time who were initially a predatory but soon can't help themselves to be friendly and, and funny um, uh, so so I think reframing it as a kind of um, uh, as more of a picaresque journey of of uh, a, a new cat through 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 London, meeting these cats more in the tradition of you know the everyman stories or the morality plays or that you know the, and that, right. that 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 very old-fashioned idea of narrative is journey that you're physically going on a journey to to meet new things and that is the narrative um, all right. all that sort to guide us and then and then it, sort of out of that grew this idea that maybe because you know in many ways the film is about you know the, the the perils of tribalism and the, and the you know, the, the power of kindness, and and this tribe, you know, has people it pushes to its margins, so Grizabella is excluded from the community and is not accepted, and it takes the, the innocence, the clear-sightedness, and most importantly the compassion of the newcomer coming into this group who doesn't respect or adhere to these judgments and challenges the judgments and and, and gets the, that community to learn to forgive. And, you know, forgiveness is a theme that runs through so much of my work, right back to my first film, Red Dust, which is about truth and reconciliation in South Africa, you know, all the way to Bertie having to learn to forgive himself for his stammer or Valjean for being forgiven by the priest. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, mainly this film, you know, I just want it to be thoroughly entertaining and escapist. But, but, but there is a part of me that says it is about the power of acts of kindness and, and, and at this moment, politically in the UK and the US, you know, any, anything that talks about kindness is good in my book. Yeah. And you also sort of embrace magic in a way that yes. I think is really, uh, fits right in with kind of what cats is. Yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, the great, you know, the great, there was this great moment of magic in the show, without creating a spoiler of mm. of, of the return of a, a hero character who's been kidnapped, right. um, and 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 I think the other big change Lee Hall and I did was to reinvent the character Mister Mustofly. Yep. So, so in the original show, he was played by Wayne Sleep, and he he was a Deus ex Machina cat, you know, who right. came in a crisis, did an amazing dance, and and solved, uh, you know, and, and 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 conjured up the missing person, um, and you know, in film terms. The Deus Ex Machina quality of that arrival felt tricky, and, and and Lee and I just fell in love with this this idea of this clumsy apprentice magician who right. who uh, falls in love with Victoria early and, you know, and 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 is clearly a klutz, and 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 his journey of you know his his coming of age as a magician is a sort of parallel plot to you know Frankie is Victoria's coming of age um, as a young cat learning about how to. Uh, um, make her mark on this community through her compassion yeah and
0: uh you've mentioned judy dench a couple of times yes. she uh, plays old deuteronomy and she somewhat
1: famously was going to be in the original cats and then she hurt herself yeah, and I mean, then wasn't see, you know, and... In, a, in a story about resurrection and second chances and new lives i mean what a what you know how extraordinary to to have judy dench who was going to play grizabella and jenny yep. in the original production um who Went through all the rehearsals. Went through cat school there, Cat Julia cat school. Yeah, uh, right. Got <laughs> to a week before opening and broke her ankle. And then Trevor Nunn said, "Don't worry, you can't pay Jenny in the dots. You know, I think she broke her ankle when she was doing Jenny's tap number. Yeah. but you can still pay Grisabella." And then, it, I think in preview she fell off the stage as Grisabella. So, so, <laughs> yeah. so she finally she finally, you know, surrendered. And but and to come to her, I went down to her place in the country and come to her, um, you know, almost forty years later and go would you come back and be the star of cats um was you know i could tell she was moved by it. and 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 also for me you know to 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 regender old G-tronomy as a, as a as a woman you know uh i mean i i come from a family where my mother's been a great sort of creative influence on my life she's a writer and she's a, a, a great thinker and a collaborator of mine and and in some ways, I'm sort of honouring my my mother's influence mm-hmm. on my work by by regendering Old Deuteronomy and and saying the God of cats can be a woman, and certainly in 2019 should be a woman. Yeah. And and, and Judy, you know, and and Judy, I've I've wanted Gordon, I've wanted to work with Judy for decades. I mean, mm-hmm. she's such a genius, and and um and, and finally to be on set with her, and she's everything you wanted to be, and and just the way, even watching it last night, the way the film settles another level the moment she arrives, and you know, is it, she 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 lends a brilliant use the word magic in a different way, she lends a brilliant magic to it and anchors it brilliantly. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was a joy. And and, and that moment of filming Gus the Theatre Cat with Ian singing really to Judy about his life in the stage. And yeah. th- there was Ian in his 80th year starting on his one-man show, which was a year-long show about reminiscing his reminiscences of a life in the theatre really? playing to Judy in her 84th year you a know, Cat Basket. It um, yep. was, you know, <laughs> was very, you know. Uh, and, and then McKellen I saw playing Coriolanus when I was 10. You know, oh, I wow, yeah. and, and, and again, I wanted to work with him for decades. So that, for me, as a director, you know, that was very, very special.
0: You mentioned on the stage, you were standing on the stage uh, last night at Alice Tully Hall at the premiere, you know, next to
1: your extremely starry cast. <laughs> and
0: you mentioned that the first person you called was Taylor Swift.
1: Why? Yeah. Um, because I, uh, she had auditioned for for Lame is mm-hmm. and uh, for Eponine, uh, I think she's talked about this. So, um, I can yeah. now talk about it too. And um, uh, and was really brilliant in in, in the audition. Um, but in the end, I it was it was hard to understand that if you know Taylor Eponine, it'd be kind of hard to understand Eponine being overlooked by by, <laughs> by, by Marius at all. Right. Um, so, so I, 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 I I thought it was slightly yeah. undermine uh, uh, slightly undermine the, the logic of the narrative. Um, um, uh, so she she didn't get it for the best possible reason. Right. Um, uh, and, and but but I'd always kind of you know I'd known she was interested in acting and and, and so it was just kind of the, I, I just thought God I wonder whether she has any curiosity and I and I in my ignorance also didn't realise she she has this great passion for the for, for cats the animal uh, as well as the show. Um, so yeah I reached out to her in January and 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 we met up and I I went through my vision for it and I, I had this sort of precious ten second clip of what. An actor might look like as a cat, um, which she loved, uh, and and she's been a you know a great supporter. And then and then, you know, with her there was this really unexpected dimension. I mean, she she was cast played Bomberina and sing McCavity, and yeah, and she went round to Andrew's house to, uh, I think, to rehearse McCavity or just have a sing through. And and Andrew played her the new song, for Victoria, and she and she, immediately started to hear lyrics in her head. And over the course of the weekend, you know, wrote these. Really, quite beautiful lyrics mm. um, that, that, that to me I was very moved by it because I mean, it, this I was sort of into production by this point, and it was as if someone had come in, gone on set, spent time with the actors, looked at what I was shooting, and sort of reflected back to me what I was trying to do, but in words far more articulate than I could have possibly come up with. And and you know, I don't want to embarrass her, but to but to, but to, 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 write lyrics that sit in a T. S. T.S. Eliot world. Um, is I think a phenomenal achievement because when you watch it, you know it, it feels completely of that, of that language. Um, and and, and she, so she's a truly brilliant wordsmith, and she also worked with Andrew on the music, and and um, and then was on the floor with me at the monitor when Frankie, um, you know, started to sing the song, and and and, and so that, so that aspect of collaboration was very special. Mm,
0: yeah.
1: You've been working on uh, this film for you know, years now,
0: um, and it is uh, soon to be released. What's <laughs> on your plate after this? Um,
1: I, I have literally no clue. Because, <laughs> uh, um, I've been, you know, I've been so intensive on this. I, I haven't even wanted to think about it. But um, uh, yeah, so uh, probably a holiday would be a good start. <laughs> you
0: directed a couple of episodes of His Dark
1: Materials, yes, right, yeah. for HBO. Yeah, Will but, you do more of that in the coming um, seasons? Do you know? Um, I think. I mean, I think the you know I had a really I would al- I'm always happy to go back and do more. And I was I, I mean the, it was really fun to sort of set the world up for the yeah, first two hours and, right. to, and to do the cast. right because you did the first two episodes. That's yeah, right. yeah, and 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 uh, you know I thought Daphne King was such an exciting yeah um, discovery. Uh, so and it, and it's, it's it's been interesting to have a year or a couple of years cause that was I shot it last summer. Um, mm. uh, talking about our relationship to our animal selves in two different ways so <laughs> yeah. in dark materials you know our soul is externalized as in animal form as a demon and you know when you have conversations with you inside your head and some and, and you know there's a part of your head that speaks back right. it's like the demon is the part of you that answers back so right. and um and 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 cats i suppose is 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 you know about the sort of fantasy of being your favorite animal, or it reconnects us with our animal roots, or our, the, the part of us that um, is is still locked in our animal memory and past. So, so it's been kind of an interesting thing to do in tandem. Yeah. And what's the next musical for you? <laughs> um.
0: Good question. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're going I mean, on the, if you're going on the sort of. You know, mega musical from the from a certain era. I mean, there's Phantom. You could do a Phantom. There could you could redo the Phantom. You could. I think. But I think uh, I'm really drawn.
1: I, I I particularly drawn to musicals that have never been done because that yeah. that's the fun. Because I, I you know, uh, yeah. I, don't, I mean, particularly if a musical's been done in an iconic way, I, that That right. I feel like why why do you need to do it? But this is um, uh, yeah. So so let's see.
0: Do you have any interest in? Directing for the stage?
1: Anything on stage? Yeah, I, I, I do. I mean, I, when I was at Oxford, I directed theatre. Um, I did *The View from the Bridge um, oh, yeah. uh, with Kate Beckinsale starring in it. Oh, uh, wow. He was a student with me. And, uh, and Kafka's The Child and the Stephen Burkhoff adaptation with um, Emily Mortimer and uh, Eve Best. Um, oh, wow. So you've been working with great actors all your life, is yeah, what you're saying. <laughs> and, um, um, so, yeah, I'd, 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 at the right moment, I'd, I'd love to come back to the stage and do, okay. and do, um,
0: and do something, yeah. Well, we look forward to seeing what it is, when it happens. Thanks Thank you, cool. Tom. Thanks for being here. Congratulations. Happy opening. Thanks, cool. Yeah. That was Tom Hooper, the director of Cats, in movie theaters December 25th. If you like what you've heard on this and other episodes of StageCraft, I'd so appreciate it if you took the time to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and subscribe on your podcatcher of choice. Coming up... Stagecraft is taking a couple of weeks off for the holidays, but I'll be back January 7th with another new episode. Until then, happy holidays, and see you at the theater.